What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wayfinder Podcast, a pseudoscientific, quasi-philosophical, non-expert discussion platform dedicated to trying to make the world a better place by sharing knowledge on the esoteric, the occult, the hidden, the scientific, the metaphysical, the spiritual, and anything related to helping people to find balance in their lives and trying to do so in an entertaining and informative and uplifting way. I'm Adam, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. Uh, welcome to part two of our four-part series with EJ from Freedom Faction. Part one, if you didn't catch it, was absolutely amazing, and you should turn around right now and go listen to it. Uh, we talked about all kinds of stuff. Part two is going to be dedicated almost entirely to psychedelics. What to do, what not to do, why to do, why not to do, and everything in between. So we dive deep in this episode, and I gotta say, uh, we get a lot of questions on the Instagram platform on shamanic philosophy, and people want to know about psychedelics. And that's not something that I like to, I don't like to give people direct information on stuff like this, uh, for the reasons that I think that we do a good, a good job of outlining in this episode. But if I could direct someone toward a particular conversation, a specific conversation with a lot of context, um, that was really a good beneficial source of, of knowledge around the, the psychedelic experience, this would be that, that conversation. To me, I think this is one of the most, uh, one of the most valuable and, and knowledge-rich conversations that exists on psychedelics anywhere, as far as I can tell at the time of recording it. So you're going to enjoy it if this is your cup of tea. I hope that you'll share it with uh, friends, family, loved ones, anybody who is curious about the, the power and the reasoning and the benefits and the risks of these, uh, of these experiences. Psychedelics are, uh, they've been used for thousands and thousands of years by people all around the world, and uh, they need to be treated with respect. And they're, they're misunderstood by our society, and they're demonized by the government and by uh, a lot of people. And on the other hand, you have a lot of people that are out advocating for the use of psychedelics that I think is pretty irresponsible and disrespectful to uh, the medicines themselves, which is really what they are when they're used properly. So that's it. Uh, that's it for the intro. You guys are going to love this. Uh, it's a great conversation. We're going to roll with it. Part two of four with EJ from Freedom Faction on the Wayfinder podcast. Let's do it. We're good. All right. And we're live. Yes. All right, guys. So we're back. We took a little hiatus. We got a little bit more whiskey in us. A little bit more. And um, we uh, walked around and got some fresh air. And uh, that the first half of this thing was just tremendous. We're going to do two of these. So if you're listening to this, make sure that you catch the, the part two. Well, I mean, I guess, I don't know. This is part two. Tomorrow's like part three and part four. Yeah. Probably do two parts tomorrow. So a four-part, two-day series meeting of the minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Awesome. We're, ha we're having the best fucking time. I am having a great time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really am. Like, <laughs> I, I really am, dude. If you guys... I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this for us now, dude. Like, if the audience knew ev everything that we were... Only a quarter of what we were talking about during the walk, during the break, while, we, while we're recording now. Like, if they only knew... Oh, man. This is... You guys, you were listening to some pretty, pretty, like, interesting individuals. Like, there's a lot of wisdom to be learned here. Thank you guys for having me. That basically yes. means we do a lot of drugs. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Well. No. In all fairness, so I want to address this because I need. I, I'm going to need to head this off because this is going to yes, happen on YouTube. Before it starts. Okay. You know. So I did a. I did a video with a DMT researcher. We did a podcast, not a video, but a podcast last year. Okay. Right. Okay. March, April, or so of last year with with Dick Con. You guys can follow him on Instagram. It's DMT researcher. I love the man. He's a wonderful man. He's a good father, as far as I can tell, based on his relationship with his kids, as far as I can tell. I say all that because we, you know, it was a great video. It was a great or a great YouTube thing. We got a lot of engagement from people, a lot of comments, a lot of views. Um, but a lot of people had, well, ninety nine percent of the comments were extremely positive. Mm-hmm. Right, ninety seven percent were extremely positive. Two percent were kind of gray, and one percent were people who didn't like what we had do, going yeah, on. Uh, you know you're what I mean? Gonna, They're like, this guy's a druggie. You're gonna have haters in anything you do. Yeah. So, uh, did you? Uh, you probably didn't check. You didn't catch that podcast, did you? Probably not. All right. So, uh, Dick Con wrote a book uh, called DMT Researcher and the Occult Mind. DMT and My Occult Mind. And My Occult Mind. He's okay. called DMT and My Occult Mind, and the subtitle was. Investigations of Occult Realities Using the Spirit Molecule. And who is this by? Dick Kahn, K-H-A-N. Okay. And uh, Dick's from the UK. He's a phenomenal guy. I'm trying to fly him out from the UK to come do an in-studio podcast. I think that would be fucking unrealistically amazing. Yeah. Occult Criminal Investigations reference material from the Michigan State Police Child Abuse Unit, 1988. Hmm. Occult cool. Alright, we'll get into this and here here shortly. So this is Yeah, no. EJ on. just handed me a, a stack of reference material from the Michigan State Police Child Abuse Unit about occult ceremonial child abuse, which ooh, I got chills just saying yeah. that. We may not get into that in this part, no, but fine. tomorrow we're gonna I, I think tomorrow we're now, once we lay the groundwork for all the fucking madness that we're getting into we have in to our let off time, free, uh, we have to let the the just the reins go. Yeah, and, yeah. And we got to get into this yeah. stack of we paperwork. We have to drink more tomorrow. Yeah. Um. So I did this podcast with Dick Con, and um, like I said, ninety-seven percent super positive, two percent, I'm not sure about this. One percent, this is fucked up. And the deal is, he wrote a book, um, DMT and My Occult Mind investigations of occult realities using the spirit molecule. And essentially what it is, is the dude smoked DMT 600 times in like two years. And if you've ever done DMT once, the idea, the gravity of doing it 399 more times. The idea of doing it three times is terrifying. It's it's hard to want to do it again. It, It is a very visceral, intense experience. So to 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 have the the wherewithal and write about it and continue to go back and put yourself through that that's crazy. That's well, it's it's yeah, it's insane. I mean, mind it, bo- mind, mind bo- yeah, I mean, you know, I've always compared psychedelics to a roller coaster in a lot of ways, but I mean, DMT is not like that. It's it's literally taking a trip. You know, I don't know. There's nothing like it. It's terrifying, and you know, it's about the most vulnerable experience that a human being can have. You know, because you are exposing your mind to the cosmos and you're putting yourselves at the whims of forces you don't understand. A lot of people might think, well, that's a bad idea because you can get possessed and you can get all kinds of other shit. That doesn't happen. There's just no evidence that that happens. But 
can you experience sheer terror beyond anything you've ever experienced? I bet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. why people always say, is, this, is it, is it going to be like this forever? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they call it a near-death experience because in the, in the 9 to 15 minutes that you're, you're there, could, time doesn't exist. And when you come back from it, it is so jarring. It is so different than anything you've ever experienced in your life that you go, there's no, uh, uh, it's literally becoming alive again. It's, it's yeah. looking at everything in a new perspective. Yeah, you it's, lose track of everything. It, it, it's, that's, that's where the, to me, it's, it's not like dying. Not that I know what that's like, mm-hmm. you know, but I get the near death experience because until you've done it, there's no vocabulary for it. There's no description. Oh, have you ever seen this thing? It's kind of like that. No, it's, 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 you don't have like a vernacular. There, there is there is nothing for it. So when you come back from it, especially a full b- breakthrough, um, which is is doing enough to really get all the way into the full experience and be immersed in it for an extended period of time. When you come back from that, it is like waking up from the dead yeah. in the sense that you're just happy. Yeah, you're oh, checking, I'm make sure your, your limbs are also there. It's... I can breathe. My eyes are working. It's very is jarring. It, is it like that like every time as if like, yeah. you feel like you're yes. being yeah. reborn? Yeah. Well, according to Dick Kahn. Not Con, reborn, just glad to be back in your meat suit. Yeah, that's it. I mean, according to Dick Kahn, who's, you know, I've, I've done DMT, um, if I were to say days that I've done it. Because you know, sometimes you'll do it, you'll, like you'll smoke DMT one time, and then like a couple hours later you'll go back in, you know. So total, I'd probably done it ten. As if times. like it's still in your system, and you're just having like no, a no. I mean, you're in sm- a place where you're willing to right. So like like for instance, you know, if we set up a, a night when we're gonna do it, you know, we go to a very special place, and we we set a mood, and we we, we 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 prepare everything, and then you know, I might do it once, and then JC will do it once, and then whoever else is there, we kind of pass that around, and it lasts for fifteen minutes, and then after that fifteen minutes, you spend another thirty kind of in your afterglow, reflecting on the fucking madness that you just went through. And then, um, and then an hour later, everybody kind of mentally prepares themselves, and you might do it again. So you might do it two times in one night. You know, I, some people I think might do it more three times. Maybe yeah. I think Mike Tyson said he did it several times in one day, three mm-hmm. times in one day, four times. But I've never done it more than twice in a day because that sounds fucking crazy to and me. This is what you mean by doing it like ritualistically or ceremonially. Yeah, ceremonially, it's, it's something that needs to be treated, but with respect. With respect, but so I want to be clear that I've not always done that. And uh, you'll pay for it, mm-hmm. I yes. think. JC? No, I, I will totally agree. Because um, I've been I, at parties where people will be doing mushrooms or acid, and I'm like, dude. That's a bad idea. Yeah, I'm like, how can you? Well, I, I, and I, my, I don't feel like they're My introduction to psychedelics res- was in high school, and I just mis- misused them in the sense that I had a great time, you know, uh, had had trips, had hallucinations, had, had the color changes on mushrooms and all that stuff. Um, uh, and then I learned uh, to properly use psilocybin mushrooms yes. later in life and realized I had been doing it all wrong. Not that that's necessarily wrong, but it's n- I, now I don't do it that way. I won't, I won't do it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll you use respect it. respect the trip. Yeah. I, I use it uh, um, with um, uh, set and setting mad respect to what I'm about to go through. I need to be right spiritually, mentally, physically, dietarily. Yes. There's a lot of homework that goes into it. With DMT, if you're just casually going to just smoke, uh, 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 three hits of DMT and blast off into the cosmos and you're not doing it um, conscious and, and I always say do your homework do your homework you have to prepare yourself because you are sending yourself somewhere else where that is not sure 
but I've been there <laughs> and I've come back from it and I've had experiences. The first time I did it, I did it in a tribal situation. I did it with loved ones. We were all... It was your birthday. Yeah, it was my birthday. Nice. We were all there together. I had everybody that I loved the most around me. We had spent a day of just fun together. I had all these loving people. And so when I did it, I knew that whatever happened, I had these people with me. Didn't break through because we weren't sure. It was first, my first experience with it and our first really trying to figure out the mechanics of it. It's not the easiest thing, and I don't really want to get into teaching anybody how to do it properly. That's it's a, on them. But, it, but the point is it's a difficult thing to do the, the delivery system yes. of how to, how, how to intake the DMT properly. Would intention have to do a lot behind with what you guys are talking about? Like you don't res- like respecting the trip, making sure you do your homework, doing things properly. Do you want to set a proper intention or or a well-known intention before engaging. Yes, we we like to say um and we've had this conversation, I think DMT is a mirror. Uh DMT is a mirror of stepping what, into the mirror. What's your intention that you bring into it? It's going to reflect back what you what you're asking for. Yeah, write uh, that shit down, EJ. Stepping into the mirror. That's going to be the name of a book. JC's going to write one day. <laughs> Do so, it. So, uh, Stepping into the mirror, man. I end up having a lot uh, more of this, and I had this wonderful experience, and I was in this, what they call the waiting room, and, and, and had these really great visuals, yes. and went and saw all this wonderful stuff, and uh, I got this wild bug because I had such a good time that I thought if I did it again, I would go further, and I would get that breakthrough, and it would be this magical, wonderful experience. Well, no, I did it in a barren room on a, on a floor with a pillow. Nothing in the room, white walls. I hadn't been... Uh, in this place before it was new to me um Hmm. you were just moving into the new place just moved into a new place and i yeah and well no i just i just moved into a new place it didn't it wasn't a home it wasn't a special place i had no memory there i had no connection to it i had nobody with me and um i tried a new method and it worked and i broke through immediately and what happened was as soon as i exhaled when i went to the breakthrough i felt a hand on my physical head Mm-hmm. Grab me, squeeze tight, and I had a whisper, a really tight whisper. And he just whispered in my ear and he said, Hey, JC, I know you really want to know all about what this is all about. So I'm about to teach you all about it. And here we go. Whoa. Boom, off. And he just would, I, I describe it as dunking my head into different pools and, and just like, like almost like you've seen that scene in a movie where the bully puts the head of the kid in the toilet and then they have the camera angle of the yeah. kid blowing bubbles, you know, back at you. It was that, it was that, it was that. And then I would feel that head pull and in the physical world I would open my eyes and everything's distorted and he would go breathe breathe and I would go <gasps> and I would take a breath and then dunk me back in and I did that for about seven minutes and I came back and I just didn't know what to think but that seven minutes doesn't feel like seven minutes. no it's not seven it's minutes. thousands it's, of it's, lifetimes it's, it's, seven you, minutes in heaven oh I, yeah it's, 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 it's the existence of the world it was it was everything that had ever happened and that was ever going to happen not that I can remember any of that but the experience of seeing it sticks with you yes that imprint of the experience is 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 in you you yeah. may not remember the experience but what it engraved in you it, w- it was jarring it was it took me weeks weeks and weeks in thinking of it it took me uh uh when i when i talk about it still i get i get jittery and, and shaking and then i had this um uh, great idea to um a few months later go okay all right i'm gonna do this again same room same method same place little bit more prepared for that intensive an experience and right real quick is this is this the office story because I had a just a random thought you know if you're talking about you being in this room where it's all white it's all barren could this have been and I'm just playing devil's advocate just because I have to 
could this have been like your psyche projecting this no on the trip no there there's no way that's the thing there's no way that the things that you see you could have created okay. because you if to some extent your imagination your dreams they're all based in some sort of reality that you've experienced or seen on TV or a movie or, or right. a points life of reference there's that you get from reference. life yeah this is not that this, this is, is so outside different. of anything that you can conceive anything you've ever seen you know try to imagine a color you've never seen now just try a to shape do that. that you've never a seen shape you've never seen and then now take 10,000 colors you've never seen, 10,000 shapes you've never seen, 10,000 feelings you've never felt, 10,000 sounds you've never heard, and put them all together in one microsecond, and then do that for seven seconds, or seven minutes, and then all of that has is feeding you information. This is not just, this is not just random shapes, colors, feelings. There's information that's being conveyed to you. Like imagine looking at a high-resolution picture the size of a billboard, right? Yeah. And it's a rainforest with a monkey and a leopard and a person and a cabin and a river. And a, w imagine all the information you can take in from a super high resolution billboard in one second, right? Or even 60 seconds, right? Right. Now cram all that into a microsecond, you know, and then do that three billion trillion times over the course of seven or eight minutes. And it's, it is the most um, massive and forceful download of information you can conceive. And depending on the, the situation, the set setting, mm -hmm. whatever, is mm -hmm. going to depend, is going to affect how you receive that and how terrifying or okay it is. Yeah. Well, in, the, in that trip, before I broke through that, that first, what I officially call my first breakthrough, um, the time before, I had no intention. I was having a good time. I wanted to try this. I was curious. So the curiosity was my intention, and I went through, and they were like, let us, you're curious? Here, here's a lot of this, you know, and I had this really wonderful uh, experience, euphoric and, and, and giggles and laughter. And, and, and then the next time when just, I broke through. Just to interject real quick because I'm, I'm no, go ahead. curious about all of this. Is, do you think that, you know, Adam's talking about how this information is being shown to you. Do you think that there is somewhere in your brain to where it, it, it it's unable to receive it in the filtration process? Kind of has to overcompensate. It, like let me let me answer this yes. because be only because I don't want to jump in because I talk all the time. But but uh, this is actually something I did hear from a neuroscientist, maybe in a TED talk. I think mm -hmm. um, they're now realizing that not only was Rupert Sheldrake right about the brain being a receiver of consciousness, and if you guys haven't looked into Rupert Sheldrake. Rupert Sheldrake is the fucking man. He's the he's the greatest scientist of our generation. He's written books worth buying. He's got lectures worth watching. He's got interviews worth listening to. Rupert Sheldrake is he's the the father of the idea of morphic resonance. I mean, yes, the uh, morphic field. Yeah, yeah, that's Rupert Sheldrake. Okay, that comes directly from him. That's his idea: morphic resonance, morphic field. Um, I won't get into that now, but go look it up, guys, so you can check that out. Um, fuck, where are we going with that? We were talking about how the, the brain. The, the brain. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the Rupert Sheldrake idea that the brain is a receiver of consciousness. He didn't really create that idea, but he's one of the most current modern proponents of it. Um, the uh, the brain is a filter yes. more than it's a receiver. Yes. Right. So it's almost like imagine you have a little tiny spark the size of an electron in the middle of your being, and that's you. That's who you are. Right. The rest of your biology built around that becomes a filter. Because that little spark is exposed to all information in all frequencies coming in to it, okay? And we know 
that the human mind can only perceive like 1% of the known universe. Yes. Then with all of our microscopes, telescopes, electron microscopes, all that stuff, we can do 5% of the known universe. So there could be a whole other known uh, unknown universe that's three trillion infinity Google times bigger than that. Yeah. And EJ's holding up more shit over here that we got to look at. Uh, apparent detection via new telescopes with concave lenses of otherwise invisible terrestrial entities. That's of, why I fucking love him because he's got all the good. Sh- <laughs> I got goosebumps. Yeah. He brings the good shit. He brings the good shit. Well, there, there. These are documented cases with references. Take a look at that, JC. This is this is documented re- uh, evidence of them finding entities or things that can't be seen with our normal eyes and have to be seen through these concave lenses that are hanging out over populated centers, military installations, and just like medical facilities. So whatever whatever they are detecting is a, is around us. So listen guys, this is part two. We went for an hour and a half or something earlier, I think, I can't remember. And we're gonna probably do an hour, hour and a half now, and then we're gonna do it again twice tomorrow. Um, I still wanna hear get You will. We've got to dig into this more, um, and just so you know, EJ brought us a, a big stack of documentation, and he's just so fucking on point with what we're doing. Um, you have to go check out. If you're listening to this episode right now, or this part, we might do this as one video. We might do it as many. I'm not sure, but make sure that you continue on and catch the next part of this because we're going to get into EJ's documents. Uh, he hasn't touched any of it. He hasn't read one word of his we're, documents. We've scratched the surface. Yeah, right we're, now. we're not. We're barely scratching the surface. We're setting really setting the stage for tomorrow's talks where EJ is going to start going, holy shit, you said this, here's a stack of declassified documents where the government is proving that what you're saying isn't that's, bullshit. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, uh, hearing hearing you guys talk about this, I, uh, that's why I'm just pulling them out. It's like, you want this yeah, one? Yeah, just laying them out there. Well, you want this one? You want that one? Hearing you guys talk about it, you're confirming so much that it's just like, oh, my God, like, what is this? What is? That's why I'm, I'm over here scribbling these notes down. What's, what's uncomfortable and crazy for me is that you you go oh i've been researching this and these are just private conversations that we've had of our our experiences mm-hmm. uh as as in the psychonaut realm of of going and doing psychedelics and like i said psychedelics for me were a fun thing to do on the weekend and then they became something completely different yep and um back back to the to the dmt when you want to talk about this this office enterprising scenario that first trip was I want to know what this is all about. I did a little bit of th- a few weeks back, and this was great, and I was curious. That was my intention. And my intention was, tell me everything. That's literally what I was thinking before. I want to know. I want to know it all. And I got my head dunked into pools of knowledge. I, I got to know everything. Of course, you don't get to keep literally any of it. Yep. I mean, it, it, you just don't. You get to keep the experience. The you 1% keep the you feeling. keep, you can't even explain. Yeah. it's, yeah, it's that's, that's what I really – that's what I'm trying to figure out now with you guys is, like, whatever – Whatever you bring back is so much gold it, it, that we need it. Well, it is, but it's just not there. And and you know, Terrence McKenna talked about this like all the time. Like, how the fuck do you talk about this? You can't because a you lose ninety nine point nine 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 nine. I mean, imagine you, you imagine that you receive a trillion bytes of data, right? So I'm a technology guy in some ways. So I think about things in terms of computerization and bytes of data. A trillion bytes of data. And you get to keep a hundred out of a trillion bytes of data, and those hundred bytes of data, you can't—you don't have words for, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's tough, which is the hard thing about a DMT experience, which we'll get into a minute in a minute. Why? 
JC and I particularly have views on DMT and mushrooms and how mm-hmm. these things are, you know, have different benefits and values and uses, values and uses in your life. Yeah. Because DMT, as you're going to hear about JC's experience in just a second, you only get so much, mm-hmm. you know, but they're profound and they're very experiential. And for the person experiencing them, they're more real than your own life. Well, I, DMT is the only psychedelic that I would ever worry that somebody would, uh, and we've had this conversation in private, is I would never recommend it to anybody that I didn't think was uh, capable of handling it because of literally PTSD. Okay. Like, like, it, it, no it, doubt. It is a jarring, juxtaposed thing that, you know, you take a psilocybin trip, um, even LSD. You're not. I, I would never worry that somebody's going to come back and have had such an intense time that they're not going to rebound and then take that and learn or whatever. DMT is so jarring that you can literally, I feel like, end up in a place mentally like just confused about it. It, it could knock you off course, and there's th- then there is not a benefit. And to me, when there's not a benefit to it, there's not a purpose for it. Then when there's not a purpose for it, why am I even interested in doing it? Agreed. You know. Um, it's, it's gotta have some sort of value purpose, uh, lesson to be learned, um, back, back to the intention thing. And, and the intention was to learn everything. I learned everything, uh, weeks later I decided to do it again, but I'm prepared for a breakthrough. And this time it wasn't, um, my intention wasn't tell me everything. It was, you know, a, a little bit more of what, what's going on, what's going on when I'm there. What mm. is this? Yeah. What, where what, am I? What are you? What, yeah, what, what are you showing me? What was that? What why did going? why did you do that? <laughs> what what's going on? I'm I'm no longer I'm no longer demanding you give me information. Mm-hmm. I'm now asking you to to explain whatever you'd like, whatever you want to explain. Mm-hmm. Just just give just me some me, insight. Tell me something as to what this is. I exhale. I'm breaking through, and immediately I met with the same entity, the the Whisper Man, and he pulls me out of this cosmic floaty more realer than real more 4k more 8k than anything you've ever seen you're not in a computer animation it's more real than real it's the only way that i've ever heard That's it described crazy. properly and he yeah it really is it's more real than real it, think of the, the the most high def 4k tv you've ever seen and then go play mario brothers on a tube tv from the 70s okay are we the tube t- the yeah tube we're the tv from the 70s we are we are the tube tv and DMT is 50K way beyond the 4K that we are used to today. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's 100 levels of separation away from the difference of a tube TV from the 70s to 4K, you know, watching Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar on a 4K TV. It's so much realer. And it's not just visually, visually realer and visually more distinct and clean and pristine and everything has got this shiny, plasticky, metallic sort of, you know, it's so real and so distinct. You can't conceive it in this nothing, state. Of- nothing exists that you've ever seen. Nothing exists that you will ever see like what you see when you smoke. It, that's it's that's the problem with vocabulary. Yeah. There is nothing to describe yeah. it because you can't describe it. And, ele- and, and also the problem with describing it like is that... Living light is... That this sounds like kind of like what you're talking about. It is. It, it, it is. It's very much that light is alive in that place and things are manifesting to you through light. But it's it's difficult because every element that you experience in that place has size 
that we can't understand fully here. So I've sat on the on, on the south rim of the Grand Canyon, right? If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, you know how big it is. Right. And it's hard to describe how big it is to a person who's never seen it. Right. But DMT is that way in the sense that you sit down. I remember when we were in El Paso, I did that DMT, right? And um, that was a place where I, I felt like I was at the Grand Canyon. It was that big, right? So that was a good scale for me. Mm-hmm. The Grand Canyon's fucking huge. And, yeah. and, 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 and the, pl- the place, the setting that I was in was about that size. So I was like, okay, this is cool. I can actually explain to myself how big this is. I have a point of reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Proportion is actually present here. There's some kind of proportion, you know. But also within that Grand Canyon-sized landscape were an infinite and indescribable amount and dynamic of shapes, figures, ideas, and feelings that were all moving in perfect synchronicity, that were expressing themselves um, through their light, if you know, it, sort of in your terms, you know, through 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 the way that they moved, the way that they shifted, the way that they interacted, and it was like eighteen billion trillion gears of different colors, shapes, sizes, dynamics, depths, all expressing themselves. They were all turning together. But in their turning and moving and shifting and all that interacting were lessons, information, ideas, feelings, emotion, emotion, old knowledge. It's it's very hard to explain that I saw this color and it was it was old knowledge. I saw this this well, shape like a, and it was it love. Like we talked earlier about movies and how movies express truth, mm-hmm. right? So a movie can express truth, can express an idea, and at the end of the movie, you have a lesson maybe to sum it all up. Right. So imagine that I just put a, a little you know, six-tooth gear in front of your face. It's orange with a blue outline. Let's just make it super simple. Okay. It's not that simple there. But a little six-tooth gear, it's orange with a blue outline, and it turns a quarter of a turn, and that's you... And, and the lessons and the knowledge and the information you get from that is the entire movie of like James Cameron's Avatar. Right. Right? Think of all the lessons that are wrapped up in that movie. Go spend three and a half hours watching James Cameron's Avatar. Now imagine you got all of that information, all the life lessons, right? Think about everything you associate with that. And you got that in a quarter of a microsecond with a quarter turn of one gear. Now imagine a trillion of those gears made of 500 colors of different depths and sizes all turning together the size of the Grand Canyon and imagine the amount of information that you're downloading. Jeez. And that's that's actually the best I think I've ever described No, it. that's perfect. That's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, you blew my mind. I'm not going to I've never heard anyone describe DMT that well and I did it by accident, but no, you that's, that's perfect. essentially it. So, so we're I talking think, of I these... I think describing like all that information as literally learning a new color, I think that's probably like the best way to explain it. It's like, whoa. That how would you, how would you describe like a purple magenta yellow? Yeah, that yep. that, that taught you ancient yeah. history. Yeah, and, <laughs> and we only see a small part of the light spectrum. How many other colors are there? We only have five senses that we commonly acknowledge. Mm-hmm. How many senses are there? We only have eighteen different scales of human emotion. Yep. How many are there? You know what I mean? And all those things are are impacting you and assailing you at the same time. And you're taking it all in, and it's a lot. <laughs> it is. It is. It's everything. Yeah. I got to piss. I'll be right back. All no. at once. Uh, but well, I mean, that's what this. That's what this is. Was the looking at the technology to to see how you guys are already interacting with that. 
Yes. Like how there is something else there, but because we don't have the proper senses or the proper capabilities. They're creating devices and, and machines to measure and, and view. Oh, yeah. But we're that's we can talk about this. You know, if Adam comes back, the techno sorcerer aspect, because I talk about that all the time. I feel like technology is the black mirror. It's being used to emulate us. We're the original computers. Uh, the simulation thing hits home. Um, let me uh, finish. I'll wrap up this DMT story oh, and we can do. go into, but just because it's just like ripping off a, a scab. You want to finish? Yeah, I just, I'm just. I, 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 I want you to finish too, man. <sighs> so, my last time I ever did DMT, and, and quite possibly the last time I ever will say I ever did it. That you that you will yeah. do it? Yeah. I don't know uh, if is I'll ever be, I'll ever do it again. Is it because is it because of this trip? Yes. I'll because of then. the experience, um, the same entity brought me brought me in. It, it, he was there, and I was back, and I immediately felt comfort and fear because I thought he's going to mess with me. He laughed at me. He mm-hmm. he jerked me around. Um, he pulled me out of this vast this vast place that we've been describing this entire time. This mm-hmm. this DMT land that everybody talks about in their own way, right? I had never really hung out in there. Mine was so quick the first time um, and, and so visceral. And he showed me all the different places, you know, and machine elves. And then all of a sudden, all these gears. And then all of a sudden, I'm in this really squeaky clean, uh, bright colored geometric shapes moving and, and twisting. And then I'm into the next place. I'm into the next place. And he just gave me a full tour in the time that I had. Boom, 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 boom. I'm out. Now I'm back. <gasps> this time, he grabs me, pulls me. And imagine being inside of a fish tank at the bottom of the ocean and inside the fish tank it's normal but the ocean is coming in around you like you're you're looking through glass but through the glass is uh the machine elf world and through over here are the gears turning and all the different places that you could be in dmt land they're all around me but now i'm in a controlled environment now it's now it's not and it's a long tunnel and everybody down the tunnel is looking at me. And I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about human forms. I'm talking about balls of light shapes. Um, but they're, they're, you perceive them as yeah, they, they are entities. As if they, they, are, they are communicating and they're looking and they're glad I'm there. And they're happy to see me. And they're like, yes, you're here. Um, I describe it as the old telephone rooms where it's just people smoking cigarettes and unplugging and plugging in cords and they're all sitting at their little respected workstations down this hallway and they're enterprising is the word I like to use. It's a business and they're trying to communicate what they're trying to communicate with. I don't know, but they want to, they, they're glad I'm there and I'm there to help and I'm there to do work. I'm there and they're, they're bringing me behind the curtain, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz yeah. curtain. I'm, I'm now I'm behind the curtain and they're showing me things that I didn't know existed and they're calling me by my name and they're, they're, they're interacting with me. And by the time I walk through and, and shake a few hands and say hello, and, and, and all of a sudden I'm back and I'm out. I'm freezing what? cold. I'm convulsing. What? I'm shaking violently. And I immediately grab my cell phone, turn it on, and start recording and start trying to capture as much as I can capture. And I'm, I'm crying. Um, I'm scared. I'm going, there's something going on. Um, there was a moment 
while I was there. And is it is it fear? Like this isn't fear. It's not it's fear. It's just an overwhelming. It's like shock. It's, well, it's, yeah, it's shock. shock. You know, it is shock. Yeah, it's it's, shock. It's, it's, it's yeah. You know, you're totally in shock. It's why you're cold and you're shivering because everything that you thought you knew about reality and the universe has been shattered, and there's no one that exists that can ever convince you otherwise. Yeah. At this point, there's no going back. I'll tell you what. We'll splice in. If you, I don't know if you have yours. I'll splice in my first DMT trip video, which I still have, into this video. Nice. I have mine. I'll, it's embarrassing, but I have I'll, it. I'll do it. But, I can't wait for this. But if, we're, if, if I'm telling this story and we're this. going yeah. this, this is education yeah. for people. I, I, this is a thing that exists, and it, once you experience it, it, like you said, there's there's no going back. I mean, you've you've now experienced something that nobody can convince you otherwise, any other way that that doesn't exist, or you made that up. You know, yes, mm -hmm. is there a possibility that in your own mind you, you think you projected yeah. this? And that's what a lot of people say about the psychedelic experience. You didn't really go somewhere. You created a place, and they just enhanced your it's own a hallucination. Mind. It's yeah, no, no, no. It's actually a place yeah. that exists. Well, well what what else? What what I want to say about that is that. To be all in all fairness, like maybe it is a hallucination, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe so is this. Yes, you know what I mean. We'll get into that probably tomorrow, or you know, whatever. That's simulation theory. I holographic. Yeah. Universe. Yeah. I. I, I whatever happens in that D and land, maybe it is in your brain. Maybe it is, but maybe all the rest of it is too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But why would other people be experiencing it? Because I think we're all linked. Yeah. How are we like all going he, to similar Like, to he's got a different places. brain chemistry than me. How come he's going to the same place, though? Yeah. You see, it, it transcends the yeah. biological. That's what I would figure. And, and that, oh, no, and I, I agree. And that's why I say, like, if it is a hallucination, then everything else is, too. Yes. You know what I mean? Because maybe we can all share hallucinations. A lot of, a lot of stories of shared dreaming and stuff like that. And, you know, when you look at abduction. I mean, fuck. Just, just read Dr. Rick Strassman's, you know, from, I think, the University of New Mexico, I think is where he's from. Uh, the DMT spirit molecule? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. University of New Mexico. That's Rick Strassman. He, he wrote DMT, the spirit molecule. And I've got the book at home. And, you know, it's, he, 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 he discontinued his studies. His, 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 he, he was the first guy to get, to get um, approval from the FDA to do studies on DMT or a, a psychedelic like this. And he shot a bunch of people up with DMT in a laboratory setting, in a hospital or whatever. And their experiences were so profound and so insane that this really r strict, grounded, scientific doctor went, mm -hmm. I can't keep doing this. It's I, I just can't. I can't do it. Because I don't know where I'm sending them. I don't know where I'm sending them. But it's clear to me as a scientist, I'm sending them all to a place that's fucking there. And I, it's like just... Shooting people to the to out in the cosmos and going, I don't know if you're going to the moon, Pluto, a different galaxy. Fuck, I don't know. Just go ahead. And at a point, he realized that's what he was doing. And he goes, I can't do this anymore. And he stopped. I want to use this as a point to pivot towards the Alex Jones, Joe Rogan episode. Yeah. Where, where they talked oh, about shit. that. Oh, yeah. shit. Where they went and did the DMT. And because what well, you said right there, they were sending people off. They realized where they were sending people. There was something else on the other side receiving those people that were being sent. We don't know those conversations. But I'm glad that they talked about that in that episode. So if you guys haven't seen the Joe Rogan and Alex Jones episode, um, not the 9-11 episode, but they did one. 1255. 12 yep. Was it 12? So the, uh, go look up on YouTube, Joe Rogan, uh, episode 1255, or Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, 1255. And they talk about what's one of the things that, so in <laughs> as a precursor to this, right. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Jones goes fucking ham in this video. Hard. Mm -hmm. Hard. Just mm -hmm. balls to the wall. Yeah. He just does it. He just yeah. does it. 
But in all of the madness and all of the backlash that's come from this and all of these people saying that Alex Jones is crazy and this and that. They're not touching what he's actually talked about. Yeah. They're just talking about the person, not about... Yeah, the dude's crazy. The dude's I just a, saw a crazy person. Yeah, I just saw a crazy person, yeah, so he's crazy. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, you know, to a person who has spent a lot of time exploring these other realities, nothing he said even seemed weird. Mm-hmm. Not, that's the scariest thing. Is that it, The craziest episode that of, of, of any podcast, the craziest podcast ever fucking recorded... Made a lot of sense. Made a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's the crazy part. Bro. You know what I mean? But you oh gotta be God. prepared to do it. It's like if I try to describe how beautiful Hawaii is, right? To go climb Mount Akea, you know, and to go dive down to the roots of it and, you know, it, to, to a person who has been locked in a closet for 75 years. You sound like a madman. Like a fucking crazy person. Sound I, like. I still stand by. I would love, and there might exist out there, and somebody point me in the direction if there is. Ha, is are there accounts of somebody who's born blind? Born blind. We've gone here. We've talked about this. We have. I I, I just a long me, time ago. Yeah. That develops like sight. No, 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 no just no. being born blind and taking psychedelics. What is that experience? I like? put that out on Instagram because it's existing. That would be crazy. It's yeah. Existing, your your eyes are closed on a psilocybin trip. Your eyes are closed on a DMT trip. You don't need your eyes to see to have eyes to have eyes. Yeah, yeah. your physical eyes are not your only eyes. Yeah, it you can know be they're just gland, obviously. Yeah, 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 exactly. As far as we know. Yes. Uh, as far as I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, let me let, let me just say that the evidence on that isn't as solid as everyone likes to say, mm-hmm. but I think so based on the evidence that I see. My thought process goes into what we were talking about before: is consciousness local? I, I don't uh, think local so. in what sense? Uh, we well, were, is it? I we were I talking would, about how uh, what uh, Rupert Rupert Sheldrake and how he talks about the brain receiving consciousness. Yeah, right? I don't is think it's local. local. I don't think it's local. I don't think so. I, I think it's broadcast. I, I think I do as well. I think that, like I say, the, the the way that I see it, just the way I see it, is there's a tiny little spark inside of us, maybe the size of an electron, maybe trillions of times smaller. I don't know. Maybe there's. I, I've even thought maybe there's two of them, one in our brain, one in our heart. Yep. I tend to think that that makes kind of a lot of sense from you know the duality principle and stuff like that. But, um. The whole biological outfit that has been built around that little spark acts as a filtration mechanism as much as a receiver. And there is just a, a constantly flowing torus field of energy that flows through us, yes. through those centers. And if, it, if, if there's only one, it's probably in the heart. You know, but the brain is like the biological construct that processes what happens at the heart level. Yep. And it's receiving consciousness from... A, a a universally existing torus field of energy. That's the way that I see it. And we've we've seen that. We've yeah. we've I, we've experienced yeah. uh, gaps of of um we like to we like to talk about uh some of our, our tribal experiences, um rituals that we do with psilocybin in the sense that we we're we're creating an energy field and you're 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 exposed to energy fields. Okay. You you your 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 third eye is open and you're now seeing the material world around you, of course, on a psychedelic. So it's different. It's in hues and it's a little bit dancy and it's moving and stuff. But the more you're there and the more comfortable you get with it, the more you're not in awe of it and you're starting to study it. You're starting to right. learn from it and then you're starting to understand it. And there's no doubt in my mind that those fields that you're seeing on psychedelics, you're just now privy to them and you can see them they're there though when you're not on psychedelics yeah and one of the, vi- the the video that i'll find a way to 
paste into this whole recording after my first DMT trip is I come out and I'm talking to Ashley, my girlfriend, she's there. And I'm like, there are other worlds. Yes. That's the first thing I say. There are other worlds and they're here. Yes. And we can't see them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's like they're they're here. Our perception's not open to them. And DMT does something that crystallizes our consciousness in a, a different calibration that allows us to pick up on a different yes. level of perspective and, and sensual perception. Yep. That makes any sense. No, it, well, I mean, when, when you do DMT and you have your eyes open and you're trying to perceive this world, ge- ge- geometry gets flipped on its head. Yeah. There are no sharp edges. <laughs> Everything starts to smooth. Everything looks like, like Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and gets like smirchy. It, it, it takes what you're used to seeing and to fill in those blanks. It. Yeah, to and fill in blanks. It starts to, everything starts to blend and blur and, and mix together. And I think that's how it actually is. But we're in this, we're in this 3D, 4D realm that we're, right. we're able to experience with the meat suit and the machine and the tools that we have to perceive. It goes, oh, you, you just got an upgrade, a temporary one. And now yeah. all those things that are happening around you, now you, you get access to for a moment. Um, I think psilocybin is a better psychedelic Here to really get involved with these kind of conversations. DMT is a boom, boom, you're back. Psilocybin is three, four, six hours. Yeah. If you do it right, you're there and you're back, but you're there long enough to sit in it. You know, in the last conversation that we had, the first hour, I talked about sitting in your emotions. It's sitting in a psychedelic experience. It's, yeah. it's a long-term alteration of your mind yeah we've talked about how dmt smoking dmt is like strapping yourself to the front of a rocket ship and blasting <sighs> off you know and you have i mean virtually no control other than where you, it goes uh, yeah other than i would say like that, you can't even you can't think like oh i want to i want i want to be revealed this or i would like to you know know these types of things far as a roll like, of the dice yeah it's a roll of the dice. roll of the dice jc talked about stepping into the mirror it's something that we've come up with and i think that that's from talking to other I people like in the community i feel like that's pretty accurate whenever you go in with your intention when your intention is set uh you seem to get a reflection of that out the other side right um with 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 psilocybin well with dmt that intention is your steering wheel. Well, let me say with that intention, I spent days, days before setting it, setting my intention, when? thinking about it before I would well, do DMT. I'm going to do DMT on this Saturday. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Tuesday. And I'm going, OK, and I'm taking quiet moments in my life, mm-hmm. quiet little moments, of meditation, brief ones. And I'm going, is this what are, are you? Do you want to do this? Is this your intention? I, I would I would literally build on. It wasn't like five seconds before I, I did it. I was like, huh. this is what I want to know. Bump. Rub the magic I, lamp. I did that my first DMT trip. Exactly. And you know how well that went. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like riding that roller coaster. Oh, so dude, so I just yeah. want to put it clear on the record. You can't just say magic words before you smoke DMT. And the, this is my intention. Cool shit happens. <laughs> no. Yeah. Doesn't you, work that you, way. You really do need to do your homework and meditate on it think about it concentrate on it keep it in the forefront of your mind throughout your days before really 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 and we've always been good about that with mushrooms um you know in our most recent iteration we've been good about that Mm -hmm. handling them ceremonially and doing a lot of preparation the whole week and then fasting and eating fruits and vegetables and drinking water and meditating and listening to the right music and you know but with dmt it's so foreign to us you know and we 
for whatever reason, I guess, didn't initially approach it very ceremonially. And we all, or at least JC and I both had experiences because of that, that were, I mean, exactly what now in retrospect, I would think you would expect. You're like, well, yeah. of course you got that because yeah. you fucking you didn't jumped off. It. No, you didn't respect it. You got off of a, I was literally talking to, uh, talking to Howard the first time I did DMT, our, our director of operations at the tech company. And we're talking about budgets and computers and purchasing and all this shit. And I had this DMT sitting in a pipe next to the bed waiting on me. I'm like wearing my work clothes. And I'm like, you know, budget, 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 business, 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 numbers, numbers, numbers. Stress, stress, stress. Yep, stress, stress, stress. Hang up the phone, walked over to the bed, nope. and grabbed the DMT nope. pipe and fucked my life. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 I could see that going oh, bad real quick. It went bad so fast. It went south. Um, you don't want to do that. But what what we're saying about the 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 comparison between like a psilocybin a, a really solid psilocybin experience and a DMT experience is that something I only learned fairly late in the game is that the molecules the psilocybin molecule and the DMT molecule end up being very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't remember if it's once you intake it or what it is, how your body processes it. Well, look at the look at the painting. the The molecules on a scientific level they 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 are so similar. I mean, they are wildly similar. They, they, the compounds inside of them all mirror each JC other. JC painted this, by the way. He painted this for me. This is a, a painting of the psilocybin molecule, the LSD molecule, and the DMT molecule. And on a molecular level, they all have similar compounds. Look them up. Put them side by side. They all match to a certain degree, and they're all very, very, very different. Yeah, Crazy. but we we had a our, our first experience with with psilocybin doing this to us. Um, we was it was a it was a ceremonial setting. We had you know lots of people there, and it wasn't just one of us or two of us. But uh, we we all went to DMT land. We'd all done DMT, and we knew what that world looked like because things do have a very characteristic feel and yes, look in yes, that DMT world. But instead of being strapped to the front of a rocket, it was like walking through a museum. Hmm. You know, I mean, a museum the size of a universe. Yeah, know? but you could look down and there are your feet and you could look at your hands. Yeah, and you, you could, could look, look at the walls, you know, I mean, things were. And so uh, I've and come. I, I guess I'm having. I Sorry to interrupt. No, it's, it's just hard like, to. No, no. Keep going. <laughs> Please, though. I'm just, curi- I'm just curious because this is a, is, do you think during that trip you're still like having access to this? Like, do you think you're still in that location or is it that your mind's been transported or your uh, your consciousness awareness of your mind has been transported like you're still able to perceive your hands i don't know how to explain it but i do have a i do have a good mental model in my head of how i think it works right and i just haven't had enough people ask me that question for me to actually try to figure out a way to express it and articulate what i think well it's like a phantom limb or like whenever somebody has a limb cut off and they're still able to yeah it's a phantom is it like your body (laughs) yeah your mind's projecting we have an astral body yes we do have an astral body william henry if you guys haven't looked into william henry um, we spent some time with him, Ashley and I, at the Earthkeeper conference with him and Graham Hancock and Andrew Collins and all the all those people. And William Henry and his wife Claire are wonderful people. And and uh, one of the things that William, who, who's had a, his his research, his work has had a big impact on my life over the last ten fifteen years, is he talks about the rainbow light body. Yes, that's his thing. They've done that, studies of this at the Institute of Noetic Science. Have you, you guys can go look it up. Yeah, have you looked into William Henry? I've not looked into. Write William it down. Henry. Okay. 
EJ is taking copious notes here. He's yes. he's so on the fucking ball. I I love it. Dude, him. I'm giddy like a schoolgirl. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be cool. I told Adam before we started all this, I was trying to be cool. So yeah, he's been cool. You're being very this cool. Whole time. Just, just, to be cool. I'll just say yeah. that. I can't even tell if you're having a good time or not. Dude, I'm just look. I'm having a blast. I have to be cool <laughs> because you know we're doing a thing. So be a fucking professional, EJ. I'm trying. No, you're doing great. Well, so <laughs> William Henry. Has done work, so he does his two the, the two things I would say that define William Henry and why he's relevant to this conversation is one he does research on the rainbow light body, mm-hmm. that's his thing. He's, he shows evidence that that human beings have a rainbow light body, and Buddhist monks are able to achieve this state. They've yep. done this. This is this is this is science. This is fact. So yep. continue. We know it, and um, uh, it it is the spaceship with which we traverse the cosmos. Yes, that is our rainbow light body. And he shows evidence for in Buddhism and how, how monks can achieve it and how all these different things. Um, and and then he also talks about how art, artwork, mm-hmm. is imbued with the spirit of the creator of that artwork and how an observer observing that artwork can take on the mindset or the spiritual configuration of the artist. Yes. So if Da Vinci paints a painting... And he's really doing his work, which Da Vinci does, did. Um, he imbues his current spiritual configuration into that artwork. And then we can look at that artwork 400 years later and absorb that. And it can impact our DNA and our our, our, our whole psycho-spiritual configuration, as I tend to call it all the time. And then once you realize what that means, and, and if you accept that, it has a profound impact on how you view art and how you experience looking at art. And so I, anyway, I think about the rainbow light body, I think that that's what happens, is that our rainbow light body tends to, you know, reside within this meat suit that we've got, but whenever we have some sort of altered state of consciousness that we that we take on, it's that rainbow light body that we're using to traverse those other places. It's and like you're still you, just like a different density of you. That's it. That's a great way of putting it. It's a different density. Densi- density is so, oh my God, that's such, what a good way to put it. Because what what is density? It's, um, it's mass, uh, material, what's corporeal. Yep. So if you have music, like sound vibrations, let's say 432 hertz versus like 760 hertz. 432 hertz is more dense. Because the wavelengths are shorter, right? So there's more up and downs in a given second of a 432 hertz tone versus a 760 hertz tone. Density, we tend to think about in terms of mass and stuff, but it has has everything to do with vibration and frequency. And so if you're currently vibrating in this corporeal, earthly frequency, whatever. This meat husk. This meat husk that we're in, the the meat suit, you know. Mm -hmm. This is the vibratory frequency that we're currently in. DMT might... I think, based on the visuals I've seen, it, it might it either. Sh- I think it probably shrinks us down, based on the density. The the things there seem infinitely more fucking dense than what we see here, right? I mean, the things there, it's like they're made of adamantium, plastic, shiny metallic. Yeah, it's it's, it's light. It's a very different material. It's, it's very, very different. different. Any, it, 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 but density. I mean, even think about a TV, right? What has wh- which graphic, which which screen? Of a TV is more uh, has a, has a more graphically dense resolution, a 1970s tube TV with 10 pixels per inch, or a 4K TV with 10 million pixels per inch. That's density. That's that's pixel density. Right. 
And so based on that, I would say that a DMT experience is a billion times more dense. So maybe what's happening is, just to be totally stupid and speculative here, maybe the DMT just coats our pineal gland and clogs it all up and it just shrinks our whole reflective ability down to from this great big you know, 432 hertz world or whatever we're in to a 0.001 hertz world. And we're seeing things that are hyper dense. You, you know, you I, can, I don't know. You, you can, you can, you've had this experience. We've discussed this before, but this is something that when you're on a, a heroic, uh, what, what we refer to as a heroic dose of psilocybin mushrooms is taking five grams or more. Um, and you, you go under you, you, you're unconscious essentially. And you're traveling in this psychedelic journey that you're on. And what happens is periodically throughout your body in this realm goes, I have to pee. And what you have to do is find your way back. Yeah, to your body. To your body. And then it's the fucking worst. Then you have to <laughs> then you have to try to navigate. Don't you know, do it. The universe will fall apart. Just piss on yourself. Yeah. Apologize <laughs> Just to the couch later. That is a great Just fucking pee where you're at, dude. Don't do it. Everything will implode. The universe will end. I've been there. It's fucking terrible. But so, there is there is something to what we're talking about, and I don't speak on density, and I don't speak on the science behind it, but I do speak on the actual experiences that I've had of you have to travel back into your body when your body triggers you here. You're floating. You're doing your psychedelic experience, and this is the couch that you're laying on or the wherever you're at, and all of a sudden it's like, I need to do something, and you have to find your way back to it and then all of a sudden, you're... Have you're, to recollect your yeah, limbs. It sounds like you... Ladies, ladies that are listening, every guy has this dream where we walk into a black room and there's nothing but a toilet there. And we have to like realize like this is the this dream. This is not... Yeah, I need to be... Not, yeah, this is not a real <laughs> toilet. I have to wake myself up and go pee. Yes, yes. Is that what, yes. It, what it's like? To where you're like, you're that's aware... A, dude, you're that's a, exactly what that's it's a, like. You're aware of like... That's a, hey, what a great way to put it. Well, you, that's what it's For a dude like, who's never had that situation... You're coming you're back. It. No, you're, that's you're coming it. back. Just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know this is. A, I know this is a toilet. Every time I piss on mushrooms, I have to like check fifty times because I'm pretty sure that you. I'm you not can. in the bathroom. Yeah, I'm but, sitting on the because you got to sit on the toilet. Like all these memes about people like standing in front of a toilet peeing when they're on psychedelics. Like fuck that. <laughs> I go. I go sit no, down. I'm sitting down. I'm sitting down every fucking time. I'm sitting down. I got my head in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Trying not to look at anything. <laughs> just. Just, just coast through the experience if you can. But that's exactly what it's like. That's what I would figure. Well, just you need to hydrate. Down. You need to be hydrated when you're on that. You're, you're sweating. We, oh, we yeah. like to talk about this, this cosmic goo. Oh, we're getting that, into the goo. This cosmic Give it a goo. goo. So the cosmic goo, as we like to call it, is... The shamanic fluid. R- I like shamanic, shamanic fluid. fluid. Dude, yes, yes. Keep going. When you that's st- on here. When you start to transfer from, I just ate five grams of mushrooms to, okay... Um, I'm upright. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. 30 minutes goes by. I'm starting to feel a little weird. I might want to get comfortable. An hour later, you're down for the count and you are on your adventure, right? There is a process that happens in your body where your, your snot is coming out of your nose. Tears are coming out of your eyes. Earwax is running down your earlobes. You're sweating. Your palms are you're dripping. Just, your body is... Is, it's is, processing its What limits. we like to say is it's lubricating I think it's you. lubricating you against your cosmic travel. I feel like you are literally like a baby sliding out of the womb. Yes. And it, it, it that's what it feels like. You're 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 getting wet and, and you're not hot but you're sweating. You're not you're not sad but you're crying. You yeah. don't have a runny nose, but you're you just have every fluid in your body is coming out and it's preparing you. And when that happens, we have done it enough times to know that oh no, here oh uh, 
it's Here coming. It comes. It's coming hard. Yeah, and it's it comes coming. in waves. It comes in waves. Like you'll have times where, and this is another thing we've done it in these group settings enough where, like, you'll come to and you look around and everybody else is coming too. Just like it's like like a group, it's, a it's, group it's, consciousness. It's, 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 yeah, it's like there's an energetic wave, like a like a, a you know like a, a an energy field coming through the room, and 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 when it, whenever that energy subsides, everybody kind of gets up and you know, they they sit up and they go. That was it. <sighs> well, well, three four hours after you're done doing it, and you're in a group, say there's four or five people in the room, right? Right. You like to wonder, because we'll all go. Do you remember when I said? And they go, Yeah, I remember when you said. Oh, and you shit. go, Oh, do you remember when we all said this? And it's, Oh yeah, we like to think if there was a camera in the room, were we all even conscious and saying that? Yeah, were you even saying? Were that? we yeah. physically talking, yeah, or were we all? We've I've communicating. So before we dig any further into that, oh, um, we, uh, we we need to take a quick break and manage the cameras. Yep. Let's take a quick and, break. And we're going to dive right back in, so you guys hang tight. Peace out. Later. All right. Bam, we're on. Uh, okay, so JC went and took a piss break. Yep. And uh, we got the SD card swapped in the cameras. I wish we could live stream this. Instagram went down oh, today. Man, you know, yes. <laughs> This is this is why Instagram went down today. This is why. This is why Instagram went down. They don't want to hear this down. shit. Well, of course not. Mark Zuckerberg. You can suck my chode. Yeah. So we... What were we into? Oh. I lost my train of thought from we were, 30 we seconds ago. Deep, bro. We were talking about shamanic fluid. That's yeah. psychic. And this is something that we talked about the last time you were on, too. Uh, the psychic residue, this shamanic fluid. Yeah. How there's just like this ether oh, all yeah. around. Uh, then you guys started talking about te- uh, uh, telepathy. And how you were having conversations during this group trip, but were your mouths moving? Yeah, that's a big thing that we've wondered about because we've we've had these group ceremonies where we all go in super deep mm-hmm. and we have these experiences that involve everyone else in the group. And so we go to these places and, and I'll encounter everyone else in the group, but they're in a slightly different form. And I'll have conversations with them. And, and again, these are very realistic like, do they remember you having these conversations with sometimes, them? Sometimes, and that's the weird thing. Some, And that's why I say, uh, and it's so hard to, to, to put any of this into words or to really convey it properly, but there are definitely conversations that JC and I would have that we would remember, and there are conversations we wouldn't. And then there are conversations we would have with other people in the group, and they would remember some and not others. Um, but inevitably what seems to happen is that when we get to these other places and we like let's say I, I get there and I encounter the rest of the group I wake up in a room and all the rest of the group is there they might be wearing something slightly different or whatever and they're all going hey hey you made it you made it dude 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 listen be present pay attention you know they're laughing they're they're it's it's almost like we just you know it's like you you, you just woke up from a coma or something and they're sitting there around you going, all right, you made it. You're here. So listen, you know, pay attention. We have these things to tell you, these things to say. You're doing fine. You're having a good time. Just whenever you get back, remember this conversation, you know. And, and then are, I, are these like the friends that, that you're doing the trip yeah, with? Or is yeah. this like other things that you're meeting there? Sometimes we're, well, so in this particular instance, uh, and if JC were here, he, he could speak to it. But we, we've encountered other people in these in these situations that we have linkages to, you know. So I mentioned my, you know, our buddy Jeff Sullivan, the artist. Right. And we, you know, we've encountered him. I think, I think, you've encountered Jeff. I have encountered Jeff. Yes. Yeah. JC has never met Jeff in person. Really. Yeah. But he's encountered him on trips. 
I actually interacted in, with him in a cabin long long before long um, before there was a cabin yeah long before our cabin and which, for the listeners who don't know there's a real cabin that exists yeah there's, there's a we very don't have to get into that but. yeah we don't have to get into it but there is a very special cabin that exists you know that we, that we visited person like physically in Connecticut on a trip to go meet with our friend Jeff Sullivan the artist uh, phenomenal artist if you guys haven't checked him out do it on Instagram it's Jeff Sullivan art and you can go to jeffsullivanart.com. Um, but Jeff uh, paints beautiful, unbelievable imagery of that's inspired by entheogenic experiences, and um, he 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 he's present in some of these experiences, right? Are there ever any like like this might sound silly, but do you ever text Jeff like, "Hey man, nice seeing you"? Have there, are there ever ever any outside? No, but I think when I like do that, meet Jeff for the first time, you will I'll, have already I'll, known him. Well, I'll, I feel like no. I'll have already known him. And uh, I feel like if I were to tell him about my experiences of meeting him on those psychedelic experiences, right? He'd be like, "Yeah, yeah. cool, man. Yeah, he, it's good to see you again, too. Yeah, like I just don't think that it would be that that strange, knowing what I know from their relationship and knowing about him as a person. Um, there's a reason that I met. I like to talk about higher selves. Yeah. I talked about elevated, higher versions it's of yourself. Real. That's I it. I just want to say real quick. Don't you think that's like that? That kind of it, it sucks that we're look at look at this majestic stuff we're talking about, and then you can go talk to somebody and say, "Hey, I met you in another realm," and because we already know, like at a deeper level, like that's true. It just has to be perceived as like, "Yeah, man, what's going on?" Yeah. It's like we're we're talking about such high level stuff that it's like, "Yeah, I get it." Yeah, mm-hmm. I and I, and I like I hate it because it's like that is so crazy and beautiful to think about that you could literally meet someone, know them before even meeting and knowing them, and that's part of the plan. Mm-hmm. But because of our, our 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 association with it, how we perceive it, our our perspective, whatever you want to look at it, it doesn't have the beauty of that of of realizing that there is a larger plan, of realizing the synchronicity, of realizing like. That higher cosmic, order. and to be clear, I want—I want to—it's—it's—it's it's, it's an important point, and I want to drill on that. Is to say that when you meet the right people, it is—it is that beautiful. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. When, whenever I met Jeff for the first time, uh, he had already come to me, and his artwork had come to me and manifested to me on some experiences that were some of the most important and profound and transformative experiences I've ever undergone in my entire life, including the birth of my own kids, right? Who yes. I love more than life. Um, I live for my kids, but. There have been a couple of, you know, of ceremonial experiences I've had that, frankly, were more transformative, even than the birth of my own kids, who are my favorite two human beings in the entire world. And let crazy. nobody take anything away from that other than that experience is, it, 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 it's not, it's, I just don't even think that's a stretch. It's not. It's not. It's not it's a not, stretch. Well, if you're talking about life, if you're talking about life, death, rebirth, and everything like that, you're basically, I could see how that would have this same yeah. if not more of an intense effect than the birth of your child yeah that's it you know what i mean and, and uh i i think that we're there There definitely is some and i wasn't ever a big subscriber to the whole higher self new age sort of thing but through the experiences that i've personally had i've i i've contacted i've i, I believe that i've encountered jc's higher self and i've had conversations with his higher self and other people in my life who were either present during a ceremony or who were heavily on my you know in my spirit at that time or whatever mm-hmm. my brother you know someone i've never done psychedelics with but who um i have encountered in in those experiences at times and 
then I go back and talk to him later. And it's not necessarily that he, and he's never done psychedelics, right? My brother, but he's somebody who's very important to me and somebody who my heart has been with during different times of his life and my life. And I come back from those experiences and I explain it to him and he goes, okay, that actually makes perfect sense for some reason. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know why. Now maybe he's not in touch with those higher realms because he's not meditating or taking psychedelics or whatever, but you talk to someone who has taken psychedelics and they go, Whew. But you've done that to me. You've yeah. done that to me where you've been on my mind heavily and I talk to you and it's been four days since we spoke and on the fifth day we speak and you tell me about your experience of the past four days and in that past four days maybe you did have a psychedelic experience and you were there with me. And I think to myself, oh, was that, was that last last Sunday night? I'm like, Man, yes, it I, was Sunday night. I spent. How did you know that? I spent all Sunday night and I, was, I wasn't worried about you but you were on my mind. I was, yeah. I was, I was, thinking about you there was you something were, deep were... inside his psyche and this actually did happen uh i was going through a very 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 difficult time one of the most difficult times of my life and um had a you know the best way i could think to handle that not for escapism but to cope with it to process. parse it process it pick it apart face it deal with it yep. in a healthy way understand it to understand love that word to understand this horrific situation I was going through on my own, you know, um, my girlfriend was out of the country, everything else and went home and, 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 you know, took a, a moderate dose of mushrooms and, and, and just wept and cried and worked through things and had this experience. And JC was out of town. I was like, man, I don't want to bother him, you know, on while he's out with his family doing stuff or whatever. And then talked to his wife later on. And she goes, man, JC was just, you know, kept talking about, Adam and how I wonder how he's doing and this and that. He had no idea what I was going through, but I was communicating with him in this other realm. He was there helping me along with a couple of my other friends and, you know, helping me through this really tough time. And so in his consciousness, like he didn't he didn't he didn't have any realization that he was dealing with me directly. But in his sub or otherworldly or yeah. higher consciousness. It, it was there. It was, was present. So this is not a bad time to get into the cat story. This is a perfect time to. This is a perfect time to. We just I'll let touched you tell on it, Jeff because um, it's fucking crazy. So the last time I took okay. the last time I took psychedelics was uh, last October, and um, ritualistic ceremonial, December. Um, but uh, um, we went. We did. We did, it was a ceremony. It was me, Adam, and another brother of ours, and uh, we we're going on this journey. and We're going deep. And uh, as we start to go down, I'm in this blissful place. I'm with, I'm with my brothers. I'm in this loving, wonderful place, and I know what's about to happen. I know what's coming. I'm prepared for it. The last trip that I had was great, and then it was extensive, and I was still processing the lessons, trying to understand that. And so through this one, I'm closing my eyes, and I'm seeing everything that's coming and I'm feeling this overwhelming joy. I couldn't be happier to be where I'm at in this place that I'm at. And through the visuals that I'm having, these little peaks, little, little, two little peaks, these little yellow. Um, if you've ever seen Alice in Wonderland, the Cheshire Cat, you know how it always appears in the cartoon yep. version. It's his yellow eyes first and the cat starts yep, to come, come next. Yeah, this yep. cat and a smile. Yep. Um, uh, I have a painting I'll show you. Uh, uh, sketchy. But this cat starts to appear and I immediately think, oh, mischievous cats. Oh, I, I, I have a cat that I love very, very much. Mm -hmm. um, 
one of the best pets I've ever had in my life. And so, but she's a little mischievous. They all but, are. So this cat starts to poke itself into my trip the whole time, all night long. Like, what do you like? Like, like, like he didn't come through the first time. So all throughout the trip, you just, just keep seeing like just this trip. I've never experienced anything like this. Yeah. This cat's never appeared to you. Yeah. You've never is, had cat imagery in any trip you've ever had. Never. And this, you've had this cat for how long has Jesse been around? Uh, Going on six years. Six years. Six years. Lots of psychedelic experiences. None ever involved any cat imagery. And I'm I'm not thinking of my cat. I'm not. I'm thinking this is some form of an entity, and it's a cat. And I know my cat's a little mischievous cat, and this isn't good. And I'm I'm doing everything I can to avoid the cat Ooh. in my mind. I'm I'm trying to turn the cat into an owl because I I think of owls and I think of wisdom. So I kept trying in my mind. To, to, to go, oh, cats, 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 oh, mischievous, oh, let me think wisdom, 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 out. But you don't really, once again, you talked about, is it your mind projecting? It's not, because you can try to, like, project a is different it? version of it, and that won't help. Anyways, I have this mischievous cat all night long, and it doesn't do anything bad. It doesn't harm me. It's just there. It's just present. Uh, it's, just, it's just around for the whole trip. And so I get up early. Uh, trip ends. We have a great conversation. We do our recap. We're talking about our night. Everything's great. I get um, in the car and I head home to my house and uh, I happen to call my wife and she says, hey, how's it going? And I said, great, great. I'm headed home. And she goes, well, you know, she knew I was going on a ceremony. She goes, well, how, how was your evening? You know, and I said, it was really great. I said, the weirdest thing, though, um, it's like this weird cat was with me the whole time. It was it was this weird cat eyes, and she goes, "Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up." And I'm like, "What are you? What? Whoa, did whoa, she, whoa, did she whoa, watch whoa, Alice in whoa. Wonderland? No." She says, "I was just about to tell you that I thought we lost our cat last night." I said, huh. "I said what?" And she goes, "Jesse, about eight o'clock last night, she tranced out. She went over to the corner." Of the wall, and on the corner of the wall, is that the word she used? Tranced out. Yeah, trance. Like she just, she was zoned out. She was zonked out. They would pick her up and try to shake her, and they would bring her and put her in her lap, and she would run back over, and she would sit back down in the same spot, and she was just tucked under herself, and she was just zoned out, eyes open, not asleep, staring at two curtain rods below a big window that we had, and we had gotten these curtain rods from Adam. They were from his old, they moved. They're like, hey, we got all this stuff. Do you want any of this stuff? We're not taking it to the new house. One of them was curtain rods. We got these curtain rods. We didn't have curtains. We left the curtain rods under the window in the living room, and the cat stared this far from the curtain rods all night long from 8 to like 11.30 midnight. And uh, my wife and my kid were watching movies and having girls' night and stuff because I was out, you know, uh, uh, having a guy's night. And they said, she, she just was so freaked out that I brought up the cat. She goes, I, I couldn't wait to tell you about Jesse. She's fine now, but like all night long, she was, she was weird. She was unresponsive. She didn't come to treats. She didn't come. To, we'd pick her up and we would hold her and love on her. And she would just squirm out and run away and go and stare at these curtain rods that were his, that were his property and his home that were connected to him. And I was at his home with him having a ceremonial state and i am a hundred percent certain that my cat was in tune yes with me on that trip and was there present sounds to me like adam's old uh uh not coat hangers uh, curtain rods curtain, curtain rods. rods 
acted as some kind of because they may it's have conduit picked up of some kind. A conduit yes. of some kind. They may have picked up on the residue or the residual energy that was still there, and they, they and your cat used what was ever there to phase through, using that like as the linking between the two of you. Oh, almost exactly. Here's the thing. It rocked me to my core. We had conversations about it. I said, I've got to paint. I've got to paint this. I'm not a great painter, but I do enjoy painting. Um, I, I start this painting and um, I weave a, a green background with purple all through it. And through these purple swirls, I put in the, the teeth of the cat, the smile. I put in the, the yellow eyes. Did you ever see it full formed or was it just? No, a, just, just hints of it. Just hints of I never let it get all the way there because I didn't know what it was. I was afraid of it. So yeah. I kept just kind of turning oh, and trying to man. swift. So uh, I, I paint this painting and I use this, this color palette of black and purple and green and yellow. Okay. And the color palette was very distinct. Very distinct. Adam comes over, and we've already had the conversation about it. But he comes over, and we're sitting there talking. and Nothing to do with this. But I said, oh, hey, I never showed you that painting from that trip. You know, we talked about this, this thing with my cats. It's insane. I show him the painting. And then he informs me. So at this point, I look at this painting, and I'm like, holy shit, right? Because our buddy Jeff Sullivan, who we've mentioned, who, you know, um, who paints, is a brilliant painter. My favorite living painter on this planet, actually. Um, he was given a message during a ceremony a while back that, um, that he had... Um, a feline spirit that there was, he was part feline spiritually. Right. And which I know doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but nope. I know. have a, uh, I have a dolphins. Uh, you get it. Yeah. Okay. So he, he comes from a feline mer, spirit mer person. Sorry, not dolphin mer person. Yeah. Yep. So, um, he, I, I forget what the question we were just talking about it this weekend. Actually, we were talking about that story, but, uh, um, he was given this message, this download from the other side that like you're you, the reason why because he has a cat named Yoda, mm-hmm. and um, and he was given this message. He said, you know, the reason you you relate with your cat the way you do, and the reason why you are how you are, is you 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 have a feline spirit. You're part feline. Like that's kind of I think the gist of it is you're part feline. Okay. So coming out of that experience, Jeff painted a painting. A self-portrait. You saw a little bit of it earlier. Yes. Guess what color palette he used? The exact. The, same as JC's. the exact. It's, it's 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 the exact color palette that JC used for his painting. He painted a picture of himself with the exact yellow and black cat eyes that JC painted with the green with the green with the purple. the purple. It was so. Could this be Jeff's essentially spirit animal? phasing into jc's reality we don't know we don't know any more distinct with any more distinction than that that's why i told you earlier there's some weird connection all we know is the synchronicities that we have identified yes so we we don't know the connection what it means yeah i don't know how to read that but it it sparked this conversation that you know in my truck we had earlier you and i it's like the egyptians worshipped cats yes and i also know for a fact that the egyptians explored the spirit world extensively and they mapped it out and it it was a science and a religion to them um that and goes back to what we're talking about here, stuff that can't be seen yep. with the normal eye that animals who have other senses can. Yep, exactly. So something that, you know, uh, inevitably comes up <laughs> at our house when we all get together is, 
when are we going to start doing the fucking experiments with the cats? <laughs> like, <laughs> when are we going to figure out how to make sense of this? And I, you know, but it's, it's, we don't know the answer, but there's a reason why the Egyptians worshiped cats. And if you look into, they, they didn't just worship the cats. As with anything else you worship, if you're running a properly religious society, they had a lot of practices, a lot of religious rituals around cats. Did you ever see Constantine with Keanu Reeves? Yes. Yes. Do you, and do you remember what he did with the cat? Yes. Mm -hmm. He used the cat as the gateway. He, and, and he goes, he goes, you know, fuck it, we'll use the cat. Oh they're they're half God. in. Yeah. You he see said, what I'm saying? He said the cat, he goes, fuck it, we'll use the cat. They're half in and half out anyway. But yeah. But what, oh. medium, what other medium did he use? What other medium? He used the cat and he used water. Water. Yep. That's it. So, so whatever you're leaking and whatever was coming through, there has to be something there. There, there is a binder, and, and, and it's funny, and I don't remember how we got to it, but a saying that sticks in our tribe, our little circle, uh, my first uh, uh, tribal experience and my first heroic, at some point, we got on the conversation mid-trip, and we're all you know, processing what's going on. Because you kind of come in and out in waves. You come in and out. You so check the, on everybody. Yeah, so in the middle of it, you kind of come out, but you're still there, but you're just enough that you can kind of get up and go to the bathroom. You can go get a drink. You can kind of make eye contact and communicate a little bit yeah. before you go back down, a little five minute or so. Somebody said something, and Adam said, well, somebody said something about cats, and I don't remember exactly how it referenced, but Adam goes, well, cats live here. We, well, I think we were talking about this mind, the mind state we were in. We were like, yeah, we're in this mind state. We're kind of half in, half out. And I just remember everybody's, we're, we're in this shamanic fluid, which we still haven't talked about. But we're in this place. And I was like, man, this is such a weird place. Mentally, psych, you know, psycho-spiritually, we're in this weird place. And I, I, I had a cat, and the cat was walking around. And, and I looked at the cat, and I've been studying that cat for months because I never had a cat before. I've always been a dog guy. And I realized cats are fucking weird, and they're special. They're magical. There's something going on there, and I didn't know what to make of it. But in that place, I went, guys, just think about it. Cats live here. This is the fucking place where the cats... Where they disappear. We, we were half in and half out of our trip. Right? Yeah. We were able to communicate long enough, and the epiphany came. Oh, this is how they... Because when you're on a trip, if you have a cat, your cat's like... You all right, Ooh, Hey, what's up, dude? He's studying you. What's going he's on, He's looking buddy? at you, but he's looking through... He's not looking at you like, oh, you look weird. He's looking at you. Like, like you finally make sense. Yeah. He's like, oh, you got here. Like, he noticed you. Like, oh, hey, thanks, this guy's yes. been yes. feeding me. Yeah. He's like, I didn't me. know I, I didn't know that you could... You could get here. You could get where we're at, and they understand you. And they, yeah. They, they give you this look of... It's not like your cat looks at you and goes, "Change my litter box." It's looking. It's looking. It's like uh, when like, they say, Holy shit, "When they say an it. avatar," like I see you. Yeah. yeah. It's it's that. It's it's a yeah. recognition of each other. So there is something crazy about cats. We haven't figured it out, but we have we have had serious, many serious conversations about how to formulate experiments to test the the psycho spiritual capacity of cats. There's something there. Yeah. Yes. We're fully aware that there is something there. Yeah. Now, what we do with that is still in question. But I got to know. Well, why did the why did the Egyptians still have them? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, well not not still have them. Why did they regard them with like such such esteem? It was huge and there were special things that we read. They they expected them to carry your soul through. Yeah, and we looked into this um if your cat died, they would uh if your if your cat died in Egypt, you would shave your eyebrows. That's one thing that you would do, you know. That's one thing that had to do with your cat. So to me, I'm sitting here from my sort of esoteric, occultic, you know, 
code breaking sort of standpoint of like, what does that mean? What what does this represent? I, I don't know. But there, I, I think that, that maybe it's if, your antennas to see into the other. Yeah, I don't know, but I think that if you spent enough time thinking about it and studying the the ritualistic practices of the Egyptians around cats, I think that you could probably figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so, once we get a little bit further down that road, we are definitely going to dig into that. Don't worry, no cats will be harmed in the making of this psychedelic video. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, we love our kitties, but but I think that you know whether it's you know I'll I'll leave a shirt of mine or something with JC's cat or curtain rods. We'll test it again, see what happens. Maybe, you know, JC leaves a pair of shoes with my cat and we do it at his house. I, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's no just there was too much weird shit wrapped up in it. And we've just seen these connections that you can have at a higher astral plane yes. with whether it's cats or your loved ones or maybe in you know like in the case of JC and Jeff, you know, encountering someone who has impacted you on some level that you don't even really know fully, you know, I don't know. I Psychedelics are fucking, they're magical, they're crazy, and they're giving us an insight into worlds that have not been properly explored for thousands of years. Yes. And they just did a special on uh, like NBC or something like that the other night on psilocybin mushrooms and the benefits. It's the tip of the iceberg because, you know, this is opening up, um, this is opening up the the potential for conversation on a topic that has been. I mean, before if you if you did mushrooms a year ago to a lot of people, if you do mushrooms today, you're a druggie. Yeah, you know. But certainly, oh, yeah. if, if you did mushrooms a year ago or five years ago, a hundred percent of people would just assume you're a druggie, right? We don't abuse dr- drugs. We, you know, we're good parents. We love our kids, and in every case in our tribe, these things have given us greater tools to be better parents, better yes. people, better friends, better human beings. To, to to rediscover ourselves and and to, to to contribute to society in a more meaningful way. I feel like that's what it should be initially. No, uh, that already. they, they like have changed should. my life for the positive in ways that I cannot communicate in this podcast alone to talk about the ripples and the impacts yeah. of what has happened. And I will I will now give you the opportunity because I know you have some strong feelings on there is a community of people that are misrepresenting. Yes. And I know you have you have a perspective on it, and it's it's it, it makes so much sense. And we talked about it during the break, but you're right. Uh, we are using these things not as a escape rug or to escape or to numb. We take these things very seriously. A lot of times, we go into it not with this is going to be the best. We're time. terrified. You, you, you're We're scared. Ter- yeah. You yeah. know. You know that there is going to be a lesson to be learned, and if you think about it and you take the time to really process what's happened to you i get people who message me all the time i had this really bad trip what do you think i did wrong we well, didn't have a bad trip you, you just didn't you you haven't processed what yep. what that trip was about yep you had the trip you were supposed to have you just haven't taken the time or you know to some extent where the seeds were planted for you to get those messages that you were uncomfortable with it was telling you what you needed to hear yep it you is. got what you didn't want to hear. Yeah, yeah that's you it. were told something that you didn't want to hear. Well, a lot of people don't want to do the work. Yes, and, and that's you know we talked about this earlier. A lot of younger people, you know, that are taking these things, which is why JC and I and so many people are careful about giving advice and should be careful about giving advice to people who approach us, um, you know, on how do I do this? How do I approach this? You know, um, a psychedelic experience or whatever. It's like the first thing I ask is, do you have any religious, you know, background? Do you have you know any any religious practice in your life? Mm-hmm. Are you doing anything to, you know, 
to, to do you pray do, do you, you pray meditate? do you meditate do you do anything you know, do you have do any you gods anything? that you pray to do you have any entities that you can invoke if shit gets dicey exactly because mm-hmm. i do and i fucking needed them <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> there have been times i'm telling you right now the the archangel michael jesus horus and thoth primarily have pulled me out of some shit and these things could totally just be imaginary they could be constructs of my own psyche i'm fine with that i don't i don't have to convince everybody listening to this that they're real in any sense to anyone else but nothing is 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 real to you during a psychedelic experience except that moment that experience nothing is more real than that mm-hmm. and if you're in a terrifying troublesome spot and you feel like you're about to be crushed by some cosmic darkness and you can call on Jesus or St. Michael or, or whoever it is and they show up like a bright shining light in this big black universe. It's like Dormammu from fucking Doctor Strange. And Jesus shows up and shatters the darkness and the demon shrieks so loud that your eardrums shatter and he runs away and you know what I mean? Yep. It saves your saves your life. That's as real as anything needs to be in that moment. Yep. You know, and it's the realest thing during the realest experience you're gonna have. Yes. That's real enough for me. Yes. And I think I think, you know, beautiful. Yeah. Straight beautiful. That was accidental. It, well, it was good. Sometimes. What are words for if not to paint pictures? You know what I mean. I think you did a great job with that masterpiece. You know, we're we're looking at this stuff and hearing you guys talk about it. You know, JC mentioned, yeah, I have this. I out hearing you guys talk, I'm flabbergasted. I want to know this stuff, and I know there's other people out there that want to know this, but because it has this like connotation, where you have people that are doing, you know, hippie flips or people that are. Uh, uh, just going to raves and dance raves festivals and, and shit. And I get that raves. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. You know, plur, do your thing. But what's happening right now is things are changing. And hearing you guys talk about this, this is the wisdom that's supposed to be unveiled to us. And this isn't being this this connotation. The wisdom should be received from doing these things isn't being attached, or at least it's being removed from it. You see, people are doing it as if it's like a party drug, and I think that's why I'm having like a problem because. This isn't some party. You're you you you're going to learn more about yourself. You're you're supposed to be experiencing something. Well, we we've talked um, on and off air about natural law. Yes, natural law, right? Um, when you look at nature, you begin to see, you know, what where balance is, where that midline is between order and chaos. You know, between, you know. Um, proper use and excess. Yes. Moderation. Natu- moderation. You know, it, it, where's that midline? And uh, ancient people, I think we might have talked about this on your show, um, but, but ancient people took psychedelics in accordance with sun cycles and moon cycles. Yep. And they spent the rest of the year integrating the lessons that they learned. That's what they did. And, you know, if you're taking psychedelics every single weekend, like, substantial doses like the college the co- the college dorm room shaman yeah yeah yeah, yeah. This, that guy this, this is like the first one of the like the first things that i think like whenever you first came on the podcast that we had like joked about is you're like no i'm not one of those little dorm room shamans i don't do that and i was like awesome well he's not and none of this is about trying to teach you how to take three grams on a saturday night and not have a bad time you know what I mean? That's yes. not, it's not what this is about. It's not about teaching you how to navigate a psychedelic experience so you don't have a bad trip. It's, that's, that's not what it is. And I think a lot of people go, oh, I take this and sometimes I freak out or sometimes I have anxiety. Or, uh, well, that's not, that's not 
That's not the trip. That's not. We the don't trip. do that here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yes, well, yes. Well, we do not do that here. Yeah. We're, we're we're in Wakanda and we have rules <laughs> and we have things set up. We, we are not. This is none of this is to educate somebody who is not going to take it seriously. Yes. Do the homework and just try to have a good time. This is to put a spotlight on the benefits and the realities of it. The realities of it are, you can't take three grams and try to have a casual evening. You can. People do it. And people are going to say that that's nonsense that I just said that. That's fine. That is not how we approach this. There is something more to it. Yes. There is something about it that is, you can unlock that, and it can unlock you, and it can open you up. Those are the teachings I want to know. Would I give a 12-year-old the keys to my truck? No. 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 Well, you know, would I give one of you guys the keys? Of course. You know, and, and it's 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 no different. You know, would I give a, a 12-year-old my Desert Eagle? Nope. No. Would I give one of you guys? Sure. Everything in life it has to do with your capacity to deal with that thing, to manage that thing responsibly and in a healthy way, and to manage the risk and benefit balance between those things. Yes. And a lot of people, you know, we keep kind of coming back uh, to, you know, the new age movement and how people view things and then how that counter new age movement, how they see the new age movement, all this stuff. But like, there are a lot of people that use psychedelics for escapism. There are a lot of people that use it for recreation. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew about the recreation thing. I didn't realize that people were using psychedelics to like bliss out and escape reality until the last few months. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. It was it was pointed out to me by you and other people yeah. that I finally realized. I didn't realize that they were that available. Well, Fuck. Well, we have to work hard to get psychedelics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. I hate to say it, but I know too many people in Albuquerque that can get, they, they got you. You know, we were talking about this in between the break, too. Uh, other pages or other people out there who have basically become, I don't want to say like victimized by it, but they didn't do the drugs. The drugs did them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. And now they're getting the repercussions of it. Well, this is the thing is that what I'm getting at here is that if I give my 12 year old keys to my truck and he crashes and kills a family of five and injures himself, you know what I mean? That's um, that's a situation that never should have happened. Correct. You know, somebody should have done something to get in the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, psychedelics are no different. And you are exposing a 12 year old and the rest of the world to risk whenever you're giving them the keys to a truck. Uh, psychedelics, honestly, you're probably not really endangering the rest of the world if, if, if you take them irresponsibly. But there's no fucking question you're endangering yourself. Yes. Because I'm here to tell you, and we had some conversations off air that, you know, and even even on air a little bit, but uh, about the risks of them. And uh, PTSD is a real thing. Yeah. You know, and losing your grip on reality is a, is, is, is a real thing. Yeah. It does happen. It will happen. It yeah. will happen. It will happen. We have been places... You know, on psychedelic trips that, that no person who's ill-equipped should ever go. And this is something that's that's why I'm glad that we're hitting this in so many different ways, is because part of this kind of does bleed into things like mental health, mental fortitude, willpower, and the ability to handle such knowledge and such like such understanding. Sure. Some people literally sure. cannot sure. like they they can't. Same way people can't hold their some people can't hold their liquor. Some people can't hold their knowledge. Yeah, and I think that's a real thing because they're seeking after these things and they're filling themselves up with what they would think is something that's beneficial, 
but eventually becomes detrimental because of their dependency upon it. Well, here's the thing. Somebody who's depressed can take psychedelics with no experience, no no actual homework done, and wake up the next day, have a, have a decent uh, trip, wake up the next day, feel great, feel good with joy, and they're treating depression and anxiety, and they're treating people that are terminally ill with psychedelics and they're waking up with no fear of death. There's also people that are treating you know, psychedelics, uh, they, they're depressed, right? And they take psychedelics and it helped their depression temporarily. So they go, the fix for my depression is to take psychedelics yep. all the time for yep. my depression. No, that's not it. Just take the psychedelics, learn the lesson. Yes. Carry that on. Integrate the process that lesson. That integrate it. Yes. Think about and, it. And use it. And that's why I say natural law is my guide. Mm-hmm. You know, Terrence McKenna said, follow plants, not gurus. I'm not here to be anybody's guru. You're not. JC's not. Nope. That's not what we're here to do. Um, but... The plants will teach you, and as long as you use them responsibly and integrate those lessons like an adult, then you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. doesn't mean you won't have a bad time. You may get a little case of PTSD if you don't know what you're doing here and there. But as long as you're not using them irresponsibly, I believe that you're going to come out okay, particularly with mushrooms is, is really my area. I'm not afraid to say at this point, my area of expertise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I've explored those realms. I've seen what there is to offer. I've talked to enough people that I, I've, I've heard different experiences from. And, you know, if you are taking these things, you know, people listen to this, you may or may not be into understanding astrology and moon cycles and cycles of the earth and stuff like that. But there is a reason why, as long as the human record exists and far beyond, as far as we have evidence, I mean, even go back to Gobekli Tepe 12,000 years ago, there's evidence, even Chauvet Cave in France 40,000 years ago, and we think maybe even 50,000 years ago. Even the Mayans. Even uh, the Mayans. They fed, them, they fed their prisoners uh, mushrooms so that they wouldn't uh, stress out. Yeah. Even though they were going to get killed. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to speak to that too much. Mm-hmm. It didn't, but, yes, that's yeah. totally true. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's crazy stuff. But, but you know, um, people have been taking these. They, they've been acknowledging. That's what the, the it's not, not the Santamita Mascaria. Whichever one that San Pedro. Uh, I know it's Which San Pedro. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Amanita Muscaria. Amanita Muscaria. There yeah. you go. What did I say? The, the Santa Maria. The, that right that there. one right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the Amanita yeah. Muscaria. Isn't this uh, what people commonly depict as Santa Claus? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a whole. That's, that's a, a whole, podcast. Yeah. That's a whole other <laughs> thing. Yeah. But 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 m- m- what I'm saying is is that people have been acknowledging the the solstices and the equinoxes as far back as the human record exists. Yes. And there's also a lot of evidence to show that they were celebrating the solstices and equinoxes, especially in the tribal settings and the shamanic settings, with psychedelics and a lot, a lot of cases with mushrooms. And that's because I do believe that, that the different seasons carry different energies. Yes. You know, and I think that... I agree. You know, a human being has cycles down from the circadian rhythm of the heartbeat and the brain cycles, morning, noon, and midnight, and that cycles up to you know, winter, spring, summer, fall, all the way up to the great cosmic cycles and the yugas of the Hindus that EJ and I have talked about today. Well, this is what you were talking about beforehand uh, with, uh, I'm not sure if it was Dick Kahn, but the individual who was talking about how your brain receives certain frequencies in different parts of the body. Rupert Sheldrake. Rupert Sheldrake. Yep, yep. Um, We, everything is everything. And I, I know it sounds like a really bullshit pointless thing to say but like when you get it you get it <laughs> you yeah. know but it's the truth it's it, it is and it, 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 it doesn't need any explanation it the stands seasons on its own. are the seasons you know and whenever you have a new moon 
if you do a new moon release which is a which is a, a you can make it a fairly minor ritual if you want if you want to call it witchcraft or whatever you want to call it but it's really just connecting with the source of where we come from which is nature and you write down all the things that you want to release traumas stresses fears anxieties write those things on on a full moon um, or a new moon throw them in the fire say a prayer you know and that's fine you want to take a mushroom or two on top of that you will have an experience that will change your life for at least the next season if not the rest of your life it could be the next season the next half a year the next year the next the rest of your life there are there's power in understanding the way that the heavens co- you know correspond to yes. our own lives mm-hmm. And the ancient people understood, and shamanic tribes still today, even the, like the Bushmen of the Kalahari that are doing shamanic rituals, understand that the, the solstices and the equinoxes, the moon cycles, there's a reason why they've always honored these things. Like Christmas, Easter, you know, the, these things all correspond with ancient rituals. You call them pagan rituals or whatever, which is a bullshit term to begin with. But these are rituals that people have been honoring forever because they understood truth. They understood our connection to nature. Yep. And if you just take these psychedelics, I mean, God, we do, we do big, big mushroom doses like twice a year. Yep. That's it. Yep. We don't walk around doing this shit all the time. This is not a regular no. basis. This is not a Saturday night. Yeah. It's not a hey, fun I'm board kind of. Type no, of thing. this nope. is, yeah. this is, Hey, we've got a full moon coming up, you know, and we got, we, I, How's your life going, JC? You guys I don't. Have, I don't know if I'm. I'm in a place. You're not in that I, place. I don't know. All right, so we'll pass on All that. Right. But you know, if you're in a place where you have some shit you need to let go and you're feeling that call, let's do this. Well, you're you're touching on exactly something I wanted to hit on, because uh, you you have an Instagram page, hundreds of thousands. You have tens of thousands of people you reach. I have an Instagram page. I have six hundred and something followers. It's relatively new. And I post uh, mostly about psychedelics and I get, I've probably had over a hundred in the past six months. People reach out to me about a bad experience or I'm nervous about my experience. I don't want this to happen and I don't give advice. I always say, do your homework. I always reference. I always give a link. Mm-hmm. I always give give a here go. This here podcast and do this. will actually go down as something that we can refer people to. This going yeah, forward. this will be and this will be the link. One of the things that I'm most excited about is that this podcast is going to be something that we can now go. Hey, we did a podcast on this. Well, go to part two. Here's the link. Bam. Well, and nice. since we're going this deep, this is something I'll, I feel I'll at my be core. Sure to send all the links for all these documents. I too. need to yeah, say, um, every heroic dose that I've ever had. Every big psychedelic experience that I've ever had can be classified as a bad trip. Can be classified as I've I've only I've only had two good trips. Not a good time. Out of you know a hundred, I've had two good ones. Just start to finish where start to finish. Okay, shit went great. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a lot of people aren't. You you don't they don't go into it looking for that. No, they and it's it they they always start for you. They almost always start for you. Almost always start for you as a great time. But there's going to come a part in those hours, especially with psilocybin, LSD, that are long lasting. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a dip. There's going to be a part where the teachers, those plants, are going to give you a lesson that they go, hey, I know we've touched on all this and we've shown you love and we've shown you joy and we've shown you all of these great things. And yeah. they start to tell you, hey, you know that one thing? 
you might want to take a look at this. And you go, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. And they go, nope, here you go. So, yeah. And people don't want to face that. And so it becomes a bad trip because you are not going to overpower the mushroom. Yeah. You know, you're not going to do it. And the more you fight it, the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. You know, what mine showed me, and I talk about this all the time because I think it's important, especially as a, as a dad talking about this in public and people think, well, this guy's a fucking druggie. He has no business raising kids. I'll tell you what, I had no business raising kids when I wasn't doing drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't yeah, no. until I took my first big dose of mushrooms where the mushrooms went, hey, look, guess what? You're a bad fucking dad. <laughs> Here's all the shit you did to your kids and <laughs> fucked them up. I was like, stop! Don't tell me that. Don't show me that. And then you finally embrace you got to look. Yeah, for six hours, you're under, and you're like, I suck, I suck, I suck. I'm the worst fucking person. (laughs) And then you come out crying, and you talk about it, and you're like, all right, man, I got to do some shit. I got to be better, bro. Yeah, and like, you know, a couple days later, after I've processed it, I sit my kids down. I'm like, all right, guys, so check this out. I, uh, I'm going to be a better dad. I'm going to be a better dad. Or it's like Ebenezer Scrooge when the fucking ghost of Christmas past yeah. shows him how fucked you, up he you was. Went, oh, that's a great... Dickens had it. It's had Dickens it had it. That was a mushroom trip. Yeah. Dickens took mushrooms and said, this is a story. Here's the Christmas story. That's Yeah. This is fucking all over... stop being an asshole. Just stop being an people. asshole. I'm going to help people. And that's literally... If you want to know what fucking mushrooms do, go read the fucking Dickens... Christmas Carol. The Christmas Carol. Yeah. You know, and oh that's literally, I recognize this like day one. I guess I never said that. But yeah, this is like the first, I was like, oh my God, I feel like, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge. And it's like, I sat down with my kids and my, old, my, my older kid, I think, you know, he was 10 at the time. My younger one was six. And I told, I talked to him. I was like, guys, I've, and of course I didn't tell him how I came on this knowledge yeah. just for all the listeners. Dad, you I guys did, get that. I did but some mushrooms. I need to tell you kids, kids what I learned. Dad's doing drugs and he's going to be better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me hugs. Yeah, give <laughs> give me hug the druggie. Um, but I was like, hey guys, uh, for the last ten years I've not been great. This is, I'm gonna get serious, right? So this is this is what I I set my kids down. I said, guys, for the last ten years I've not been the best dad, right? I've been short with you. I've been temperamental. A lot of times, dad lets work, you know, get them all fused up, and I come home and not know how to handle you guys properly. Teaching my ten-year-old how to ride his bike when he was younger, and I was short with him. Like, dude, just pedal the fucking bike. Just do the thing that I'm telling you to do. Like, why don't you listen? I'm just doing this. Just do, just do what I'm telling you to do. Just pedal the thing. It's not that hard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 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 Hey, hey, hey. He's a kid. He's doing his best. Yeah, yeah. But you don't, you don't think these things. In that moment, I had ten million things going on in my head. Yeah, yeah. I have work. He's just, yeah, he's just another thing. Yeah, he's just another thing. That's a person. It's a, it's a little human yeah. that is in, that is internalizing everything you're saying, that is formulating his own self-image based on how you're treating him. The voice that you use to speak to your kids is the voice they hear inside their own head. And that's it's true. something that Mushrooms taught me and for many months. So I took that, set my kids down, talked to them. I said, look, if I'm ever being short with you or I'm being fucked up, call me out on that. I'm giving you, I'm giving you the, the baton here. And you get to call me out whenever I'm out of line. And my 10-year-old was like, I, I can do that. I'm old enough. I know when you're fucking up. I'll call you out. I'll call you out when you throw me under the bus. Dad. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he, he did that a couple times. But about a week later, he, he approached me. He goes, hey, Dad, can I talk to you? And he sat me down and he goes, hey, there was this time whenever I was learning to ride my bike. And, you know, you were yelling at me and stuff and this and that. And, oh, my guts fell out. And he was like, he goes, I was so sad. And I went in my room and I cried. And as a dad who did that, 
to my kid, you know, it just tore me apart and I just hugged him. I just hugged him. Something that mushrooms taught me how to do. Then mm -hmm. one of the things that mushrooms, JC got me some penis envy mushrooms for Christmas one year. Mm -hmm. um, as any good friend should. Yes. <laughs> and uh, penis envy, are these like, these it's, are a the strain, it's a certain strain. Very strong strain. Very strong, very different kind of strain of so mushrooms. So I'm going to be like horny and tripping. You no. would think you would think so. If they're not that fun. They, it's, they, they call <laughs> that because they, they, they kind of look phallic yeah they look a little bit phallic but so, but it's a um nickname, would but. you guys recommend sex on shrooms or no uh on the way out yeah it just it just <laughs> depends that, yeah that is another podcast that's, that's, that's another podcast sex on shrooms is a different thing yeah okay, okay. you know you got to be really really dose it right and catch it at the right time but yeah, yeah sure it's the best way to do it as far as i'm concerned <laughs> I, I, the timing is just hardly ever right. But no, if you yeah, ever, I would, if you, figure, I would figure it'd be like a time. The timing thing is a Kundalini trance. You really got to get your yeah, shit soon. in order to like nail that one. But if you do, it's the best way to have sex. Okay. Um, which is Terrence McKenna's theory is. That's I hope you're listening, babe. Yep. Yeah, listen up. Um, so, uh, what the fuck was I saying? The, the, there are hard lessons that you learn that ripple, and they you actually wake up and you start. So to I integrated those lessons. You hugged your son. After. I hugged my son. The, they taught me to hug my son. Those penis envy mushrooms that you gave me had this trip. It was intense, crazy intense. And what the mushrooms showed me on that trip was, you don't think that you're worthy of love, yeah. and so therefore you don't give it. You and you don't recognize when someone else needs it. We accept the love we think we deserve. That's it. We accept. We write that down. We accept. Even the if love we only think for me deserve. later. Yeah. We accept. What was it? We accept the love that we, we think. We accept the love we think we deserve. That's it. And then we give the love that we're able to accept. That's it. Yeah. So I integrated some lessons. I treated my kids a lot better. My kid called me out. I, I faced my shit. A couple months later, had another trip. And the mushrooms go, hey, here's a demon. Woo! He's going to tell you all about how shitty of a dad you are again. Right? So this is like my professor coming back to see me again. And he threw, I don't know, let's say he threw 100 situations at me where he pulled into the deepest depths of my memory and pulled out the things I had done to my kids to fuck them up. Now to recap for everybody listening, this is the third heroic dose and you're still getting beaten with the message yes not necessarily bad trips yes no but you still have there's a mess tough precise challenging lessons as anything worth having is worth working for so is you know you're, step, good you're stepping into easy. yeah you're stepping into that mirror and it's not that you don't like what you see you just know there's adjustment adjustments that need to be made yep and so next trip after that i was able to swat away half or 70 percent of what that demon threw at me you know, then this de these demons get smarter. Everything on the mushroom trip gets smarter as, you know, you learn yourself and you integrate or don't integrate. Yep. Which is why way down the road, if you fuck up, they fuck up hard. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Which, different story, but uh, by like the fourth, fifth trip, you know, a year later, I had, although I'm not a perfect dad, never will be, I've accepted that. If I can hit 90%, the mushrooms leave me alone. And that's what happened over the summer. I had my first good trip in all these years. Was I came, all these demons showed up, and I saw them creeping over the horizon, and I was terrified for just a moment. All of a sudden, this bright green light, which I think is relevant for a couple of reasons. One, it's the heart chakra color. The heart, the heart chakra is green. And uh, a giant serpent showed up. I felt the presence of the serpent 
as these demons were climbing up over the horizon to come destroy me, rip me apart. I was terrified because all the demons I'd ever faced showed up. And all of a sudden, I felt this presence behind me. I mean, just imagine an elephant walked up behind you, and you feel it. And it just was like this terror, like the biggest demon imaginable. But only for a millisecond was it fear. And then the next millisecond, it was like smelling your mom's perfume for the first time in 10 years. You know, and it was like, oh, she's here to save me. And this big serpent came and all the demons ran away. And this giant serpent wrapped me up and she said, hey, you're okay. You're doing the work. You're doing your best. You're where you're supposed to be. And for the rest of that trip, four or five hours, she loved me. She reassured me that I was doing the best I could. She reassured me that although I'm not perfect, I'm working on it and that I'm on the right path. And it was this four or five hour deep cosmic affirmation where I was shown the heavens. I was shown the dream realm that Edgar Casey talked about where I was able to go into different life, um, different uh, timelines and different sort of dream worlds. I saw the the dream field where I could go into bushels of dreams and experience different life forms and take on different memories and shown things that were just absolutely profound that just people wouldn't believe and you can't even explain if you weren't there. But it all came from a year of intense, consistent, diligent effort at integrating the very difficult, terrifying lessons that came from that. And that's, that's what you got to do. That's the key. That's, that's the key it, to it. Integration. That's what people need to know. You, there, there's a reason for everything that happens on that trip. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Yes. You're supposed to grow through this. Yeah. That's exactly it. So, guys, if you're going to take psychedelics, take them seriously. Take yep. them with respect. Take them with the right people, the right set and setting. Set the right mood. Put on the right music. I've got the playlist for you if you need it. But it's basically like three Trevor Hall albums. And understand that there's no magic pill, right? If you want to lose 50 pounds, there's no magic pill. You don't take one pill, right? You have to go to the gym. You have to drink water. You have to eat right. You know, you have to do all those things if you want to lose weight. And if you want to make yourself a better person, you want to gain something from psychedelics, it takes a lot of different dynamics in your life that are all lined up to make that work. We're going to end it on that note for today. But if you hear this, if you enjoyed it, make sure that you don't miss out on tomorrow's episodes. EJ from Freedom Faction flew all the way in from Albuquerque out here to Dallas to the studio. We're having the fucking greatest time yeah. talking about a lot of cool stuff. And tomorrow uh, we're going to dig into this giant stack of really kick-ass documentation that EJ brought out for us, uh, getting into shit that I can't even tell you, man. I mean, all, this, all the really woo-woo stuff that we're talking about today, he's got documentation that backs up scientific studies, that backs up government experiences. It's declassified documents, things that you you wouldn't even believe exist until you hear about it tomorrow, and we'll make sure that you guys have access to all that stuff, and you can find it uh, whenever you feel like looking it up. So, on that note, this is the Wayfinder Podcast. I'm Adam. we got JC with us. we got EJ from Freedom Faction. We love you guys. We appreciate you, and we're going to send you off. Please like, share, and subscribe, and as always, the shamanic blessing. May the light be upon you. May peace be within you. And may you be a son on the paths of all men. God bless you guys. Check you later.